0: You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit narcissismfree.com or pathbacktoself.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's box, this is Kalia and today the topic of our conversation is are you relationship ready or am I relationship ready. Many people I work with who have undergone the journey of leaving a toxic relationship doing the inner healing work and emerging, on the other side, ask me how will I know when i'm ready to begin dating again or. When am I ready for a new relationship or how do I know that I'm not going to repeat the same patterns? Every few years I approach this topic and it's time to approach it again. I myself have undergone this process of going into a new relationship, seeing the red flags or having a very toxic experience with the person I'm in relationship with and leaving to return to myself again. The greatest thing I've learned from the experience is that I'm someone I want to return home to I found a best friend in myself. And when all is said and done, I can return to the sanctuary of myself where it's safe and comfortable. So when you're on the road to recovery, the first thing you need to develop is that most excellent relationship with yourself. If you haven't yet read my latest book, The Path to Self-Love, I encourage you to get it. I'll put a link in the description. The book is a guideline for that journey to the greatest love you will ever know, the love you find in yourself. In order to venture into the world of romantic relationships, you must first learn to romance yourself. That means you need to develop an inner strength that will guide you in all situations. Call it a spiritual strength, if you will, or an internal guidance system. You need to be tuned in, plugged in, and able to get a sense of what's going on inside of you. When I ask people how they are feeling and they say, I don't know how I feel, there's work yet to do because relationships will bring up your deepest feelings and insecurities. And if you're unaware of what you're feeling, you will inevitably be reacting rather than consciously acting or taking right action. I can't stress enough the importance of getting the relationship with yourself right before getting involved in a romantic relationship with others. Developing friendships with the opposite sex is great because it helps you to learn more about yourself. But keep the romance out of it at first until such a time that you feel you know how to be alone and with yourself in a good and positive way. This way, if things are getting a little shaky and uncertain in a romantic relationship and you're seeing red flags, you will have no problem going back home to yourself. You have to be someone you would enjoy coming home to, right? If you can't come home to yourself, why do you think anyone else would want to come home to you? At least anyone healthy, right? A common thing that both men and women are looking for in relationship is confidence. They want someone who is confident. Well, what does that mean? All of us who have had relationships with narcissists or borderlines know there's often the appearance of confidence or what I call false confidence there. But the appearance of confidence is not true confidence. True confidence emerges out of one's relationship with themselves. It's a healthy separation from what others think of them. True confidence recognizes that what we think of ourselves is more important. We don't let others define us or tell us who they think we are. We don't give others the power to tell us who we are. We understand that we know ourselves better than those who haven't known us for long. We've come to recognize when others are projecting their own internal chaos onto us by telling us who they think we are. And they're really telling us who they are. True confidence is when we feel the fear and do it anyway. It isn't fearlessness, it's courage. We recognize that we are afraid, but we don't let our fear stop us from going after what we want whether it be a job, a relationship, a solo travel adventure, a new business, writing a book, public speaking, or whatever it is that you would love to do, but are maybe afraid to. When we're constantly evaluating ourselves through the eyes of others, we're not confident. We've given our power away to others to define us. Maybe you've come out of a family system that told you that you were too sensitive or stupid or fat or lazy or incapable of doing anything right. And so you learned to view yourself through the eyes of others looking for that approval outside of yourself. Well, this is pretty typical, but it's not healthy and it doesn't take us to where we want to go. We have to take our power back and be the one to decide who we are and what we're capable of. That power doesn't belong to anybody else and nobody else truly has that power. I got involved in a relationship with someone who I had known for a while and I thought I knew who he was. In the beginning, he really seemed to see me for who. was. But the deeper we went into the relationship, the more his insecurities came to the surface. And he started telling me things about myself that simply were not true. It wasn't me that he was seeing. It was a projection of the insecurities within himself. I knew myself enough to recognize that it wasn't me he was talking about. He kept talking about the way that I was. And I would ask him, what do you mean the way I am? He would say, well, you know, you're really difficult. What he was saying was that it was difficult for him to be with me because he had to face his own inner demons. He wanted to project them onto me, but I wouldn't let him. And the deeper we went in, the more his own demons started to take him over until he started to become abusive and I had to end the relationship. Had I not known myself, I might have defined myself by the way that he defined me. I might have lost confidence in myself and believed there was something wrong with me. I certainly had been down that road before. I knew how the story went. The more I knew myself, the less I could be manipulated into believing I was the problem. I knew myself. I knew what my issues were. I knew what my insecurities were. And when you're emerging from toxic relationship patterns, you need to know yourself more than the average person because there's a tendency to be pulled back into the dynamics where you allow yourself to be defined by someone else's fears and insecurities. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. But what do we do with them? In healthy relationship, we need to take responsibility for them. We need to own them and work with them. So isn't it a requirement to be relationship ready to abolish all fear and insecurity? No. It's only necessary that you understand your fears and insecurities to the point where you can take responsibility for them in your relationships. You need to know yourself enough to know if you tend to move toward your partner when you're feeling insecure or do you tend to withdraw? How do you deal with your anger in relationships? Do you tend to talk things out or want to talk things out? Or do you tend to sweep the issues under the rug? and hope that they will resolve themselves. I like to see myself, for example, as a bit of a turtle. (laughs) And of course, my inner turtle has emerged from my dysfunctional relationships. If I don't feel safe, I retreat into my shell. For me, it's a bit like the coming home to myself when it doesn't feel safe out there. I know that it's safe inside, but Sometimes my turtle method isn't the best way to resolve issues in a relationship. Turtles don't have to think about retreating into their shell when they're threatened. It's a reflex. It's automatic. But as a human being navigating the very challenging domain of human relationship, we need to become conscious of our reflexes and reactions. Maybe it isn't always the best method to retreat into the shell when it would be better to initiate a conversation and resolve the issue so that I can feel safe with that person instead of feeling that they're a threat. Now, for many of us, our romantic partners of days gone by have been threatening and it wasn't healthy to be there. So we needed to be a turtle and retreat into our shell or be a rabbit and either freeze or hop away as fast as we can. But when it's time to have a healthy, nurturing relationship with someone who's capable, the old methods of self protection may not be helpful. So we need to learn new ways of relating. And I believe this is true for most of us. The key word here is to learn. We're not striving to be perfect or expecting perfection in others. We just need to be willing to learn and grow, and we need to find someone who is willing to learn and grow as well. We need to be forgiving of ourselves and our mistakes, and we need to be willing to forgive others their mistakes. We need to learn where our boundaries are and what kinds of trespasses are severe boundary breaches where we don't choose to continue in the relationship. Remember, relationship is a choice. In my book, The Path to Self-Love, I talk about how self-love is an action step, not a warm, fuzzy feeling. And I believe this is true for a romantic relationship as well. We can all fall in love and have all those amazing feelings in the beginning of a relationship. But when all is said and done, love comes down to the actions that we take with self love, we need to learn to nurture ourselves, treat ourselves with respect to treat ourselves with kindness and care and be attentive to ourselves and our needs. With romantic love, we need to also nurture our partner, treat them with respect treat them with kindness and care, and be attentive to them and their needs. We don't want to give up our self-love to love another. We simply enter into an environment of love, nurturing, respect, kindness, and attentiveness, and invite a loving partner into this space with us. Okay, so we aren't going to always be loving to ourselves we may not always be kind and attentive. We may find ourselves slipping back into old patterns from time to time, but if we can recognize when we're doing it, we can pull ourselves back up. I've had clients make observations about themselves as if they're sharing a dirty little secret. And my response is often, it's so good that you're aware of this because we can't change anything that we're not aware of, right? Observation is really powerful. If you observe a behavior in yourself that you don't like, you can do something about it. We often observe things in ourselves that make us feel we're not ready for a relationship because there's some false idea that we need to be perfect in some way. But guess what? When you lead with this idea, that you need to be perfect, you will likely attract someone who's looking for perfection in their romantic partners. And you will be held up against this false image of perfection and ultimately fall short. We often attract narcissists when we present ourselves as flawless because so many narcissists are seeking flawless people. Someone who is flawless would surely be perfect for a narcissist, right? And this brings me to the topic of how our society, especially in the United States, focuses on this presentation of flawlessness. We need to be the perfect weight, have the perfect skin and beauty, drive the right car, live in the right house, have the right title, and fit the Hollywood mold. But the Hollywood mold is but... An illusion. It isn't real. Hollywood is the world of actors playing a part. The actors at the end of the day all have to go home to their real lives. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard looked beautiful on the tabloids, but their home life was something I certainly wouldn't have wanted to come home to. And evidently neither did they. We got to see behind the Hollywood image and see the deeper truth. It doesn't matter what you look like, how popular you are, or how much money you have, at the end of the day, you still have to live with yourself. And so if you truly feel you've done well at living with yourself and you've developed a real and honest relationship with you, you're ready to bring somebody else in if you want to. Many of my clients are so happy living with themselves, they don't want to bring anyone else in. They're happy with their dog or their cat or furry animal friend, and they don't want what they formerly experienced as the drama of a relationship. Living alone with furry animals is a good choice. It's a perfectly good choice. There's nothing wrong with choosing not to be in a relationship, it doesn't have to mean anything other than this is what you choose. If you enjoy coming home to yourself and your dog or your cat, this is awesome. However, if you prefer to build your life with a partner, don't give up. Some people would prefer a partner but choose to live alone because they're afraid to venture out there into the crazy world of dating. And yes, It's crazy out there. There are a lot of crazies, and I hear people say that, and it's true. The world is filled with crazies and narcissists, no doubt, but there's also a lot of lovely people like you out there. And if you don't trust yourself enough to do the weeding, then work on yourself more until you do. But if you would like a partner to live life with, be courageous and willing to sort through a list of potentials and weed out those who are absolute no's and find some maybes in the world of dating. I feel it's important that you actually like the opposite sex if this is what you're looking for. If you're looking for the same sex, you've got to like that sex as well. But it's a, it's dangerous to categorize men and women, lumping them into an all or nothing black and white box. All men want is sex, women are gold diggers. If you've strong judgments on the opposite sex, it might be good to work on that before you head out on the open road, because you will attract what you believe to be true. You need to know your why, why do you want a relationship, what do you want a relationship to do for you, what are your beliefs about men or women, what are your beliefs about dating sites. I've heard people sign up for dating sites and say there's nothing but a bunch of desperate losers on dating sites. They don't often stop to think that they're on the dating site themselves. Does that make them a desperate loser? If you're looking for a relationship, it's better to be on a dating site than to stay home and watch Netflix. Netflix is definitely safer, but safety won't get you to where you want to go. So take a risk. We have to be willing to take a risk put ourselves out there and change our mindset. Almost everyone I know who's been single in the past 10 years has tried dating sites. Many people I've met found their current partner or spouse on a dating site. It might feel overwhelming at first. It might bring you up against your own fears and insecurities, but what better way to face them? Yes, weeding is involved. Yes, discernment is necessary. Knowing who you are and what you want is important. Developing strong boundaries is important. Facing your codependency so that you're not talking to people just because you don't want to hurt their feelings is important. Be more focused on who you are interested in than who is interested in you. Reading profiles fully and getting to know who someone is, is important. I'm not a fan of the swipe methods of dating where you're selecting others solely on how they appear in their profile. Although physical attractiveness is important to most people, when you close your eyes at night, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel loved, secure, happy? and connected? Or do you just want someone to swoon over? Who everybody else is swooning over to the majority of men and women I've worked with, who have been in relationship with narcissists and borderlines tell me how good looking their partner was, they were so attractive, but in the end, how Did you feel. I heard one man's story about how he was on a dating site for a year before finding the woman who became his life partner and i've told this story before because because it's such a great story. He said that she kept showing up as a prospective match on the site and he kept ignoring her because she wasn't his type and after a year of showing up and his being disappointed in his type. He decided to give her a try and she met all his criteria for a relationship and ended up being his partner. She had a similar story of passing him up for a year while she was busy dating her type. The moral of the story is be willing to date outside your type, whatever that is, you might just find love in the least expected places when I talk about types. I'm referring more to a physical type, we all have this physical preference be willing to look outside your physical preference, you may find that it is your type that is the problem. If I told you that you could have the kind of loving relationship you've been seeking, but you won't find it in your type, would you be willing to look outside your type. Well, I certainly would. And for you men looking for love, dating 10 years or more younger than you may not get you what you're looking for. The biggest complaint I get from older women is that men their age are not interested in them. They want a woman 10 years younger than they are. Although this is a stereotypical belief and certainly not true for all men, it is true for many. Another stereotypical belief is that men are not interested in older women. And this is also not true. I've been in relationship with men many years younger than I was, and you wouldn't have known that there was an age difference. Today, I could date a man 10 years Younger than I, and you probably still couldn't tell there was an age difference because biological age is just a number and it has nothing to do with how old you may look or feel. I don't encourage lying about your age on your profile, although many people do it so that they show up in searches of their preferred age category. The way I look at it, is if you lie in the beginning and that relationship goes to the next level, they're going to find out the truth sooner or later and they may very well feel that you deceived them. Nobody wants to be deceived. Be honest and be proud of who you are. Trust in the process. Let go of stereotypes and do your work. Only you can know when you're truly relationship ready, But I hope that I've given you some things to think about today. Get your relationship with yourself right and then find someone to share your amazing self with. Remember that Barbie and Ken are just dolls. You're looking for someone real. So be willing to be real yourself and lead with who you really are. No pretending to be something you're not in order to be impressive. The most impressive person you can be is your real self. Self Self-love is sexy. Can I say that again? Self-love is sexy. I wanna thank you for listening today. And if you wanna learn more about me and my work or book a counseling or hypnotherapy session, please contact me at my website, narcissismfree.com or pathbacktoself.com. I will also put the link to my latest book, The Path to Self-Love in the description. Again, thank you for listening today and I'll see you in the next podcast.